Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. My name is Alan Aguirre, and today we're here to talk about the challenge, Ride or Dies, episode 13. I'm joined by my lovely Ride or Dies, my southern co-host, uh, Luke Muncie. What's up, guys? The Vermontian Zoe Trimboli. Hi, everyone. It's a new year. It's the same old challenge. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought we had actually a pretty fun episode. Uh, I was just pleasantly surprised by everything that happened in it. I enjoyed it. Uh, one of my biggest complaints is about a long daily. We're going to talk about the long daily, but it was a good daily to have be long. So it was good. I liked it. Well, and I think the part, the thing that said apart was it was a bunch of mini dailies. So it didn't feel as long. It reminded me of like some challenges they used to do back in like the fresh meat era. I was just, I was engaged the whole time. And every little, every, they had matches between one or two people every time. So it was kind of like mini eliminations into themselves and they tell you a lot about players at times, and sometimes they don't tell as much. I Everything about this episode, like, we compared it, like, to last week. I said last week's episode was great on paper. It just didn't really work out in end result. This week was the opposite. I think it was a kind of a boring episode on paper, but everything that happened in it was just better than I expected. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's jump right into the episode. Uh, we open up with the aftermath of... The fussy Mariah stuff where she kind of let him go into elimination. And then you have, I think, the very more interesting element of the vote in between Tori and Jordan. Let's just jump straight into Tori and Jordan because that's like, I think, the biggest part of every week at this point. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it didn't, it wasn't the focus of the entire episode. And Tori even posted on her Instagram today. She's like, if you're tired of the Tori Jordan storyline, trust us, we are too, you know, but we were living it. So I get it. Uh, I feel bad for Tori. Just because, like, I think she knows she shouldn't have said that. She was using it as a tactic, and now she's like, whoa, I kind of just shot myself in the foot there. But, like, Fessy once, I don't think there was a need to give that much breath to it, so I don't think that's – I don't think they did. And I think she also knows to some extent that Jordan is being difficult on purpose, too. Like, he's trying to, like, twist the knife a little bit with her, and I think she's getting a little exasperated with that. You yeah. just have the whole crowd, too, this this episode, where they're watching them fight. And you have Devin's face and Olivia's face and Anissa's face, where they're just like, Mom, Dad, please stop fighting. You're already divorced. That was my favorite part, honestly. <laughs> yeah, and nobody in the house, besides maybe Mariah a little bit, like said anything about Bananas instigating that whole situation. He's supposed to be, like, hooking up with Mariah, and he's was like, hey, how about that? That's pretty shady. And, like, That's no blame went on him. It's just classic bananas, though. Just, like, always stirring the pot, always, like, instigating anything that he can. And I think the only people that, like, everyone's so used to it at this point, but the people that he was doing it to haven't spent enough time around him to just call it for what it is. You could also tell that bananas has been crazy challenge houses, and this house is probably just so boring to him that he's like, oh, yeah, let me nonchalantly uh, stir this up while I'm shoveling salad down my throat my mouth. Yeah. I mean, even as recently as Vendettas, that was when he was doing the whole note thing in the bunks. Like, and that that season was pretty crazy when it comes to drama. So this season has been very, very tame. It's very tame. But then you just have people like Olivia who just don't even know. Like, they haven't been in houses like this where she's just like she's just dropping her like jaw like people. It, it's it's kind of crazy because you imagine like what if the past challenge house? Like, some of that stuff was thrown into here, how people would be reacting. I don't know. Reality TV is so different, but 
Tori and Jordan stuff, I was hooked. I was engaged. The Mariah Fessy stuff, I just find, I don't know, I just find it hilarious. Yeah, it's just a testament to how ride or die these people are. Like, Fessy and Mariah didn't know each other that much before this. She just was an athletic girl that he was like, okay, you've, I have a good shot of winning with you. He does not care. No, and I don't think she cares about him that much. I think that he's convinced her that she has to be super grateful to him, but there's no love, love lost there. I think we'll see that at the end of the season. Mariah, when she says, like, oh, I didn't know that not voting for you would, like, you know, put you in or anything like that. It's my first time playing the game. It reminds me of, like, when someone didn't want to text you back and they said, oh, I had something typed in my message. I forgot to hit send. That's, like, that's the energy it was given out to me. Mm-hmm. I've done that before, though. But I agree. And, like, it's like in Survivor when Natalie on San, San Juan, whatever her season is, Blood versus Water, where she was like, oh, I forgot, I forgot to vote for the right person. And they believed it. It's like those kind of lies don't always work out super well. And maybe she's just not a math girl. Maybe she doesn't know what, you know, three and two and one, which one's greater. I forgot to hit send before, too. But whenever someone else tells me it, I just think they're lying. It just I, does, does not matter even if I've done it. I just think they're lying. Uh, <laughs> we then move on to the daily, which we talked about four. It is a very interesting uh, four-part daily. Each team will get shown a logo, a symbol, and they'll have to take that symbol and think, okay, which person on our team is best built to compete in this challenge? Uh, the team that completes all four missions in the fastest amount of time uh, wins the challenge. And it's not straight up when one team finishes, it's all over. Like, you know, everyone has to fully complete the challenge first. I mean, the time just keeps going on and on and on, which I actually found very interesting because after that first challenge, after someone completed it, I thought, oh, okay, they won that part. No, it kept going and going. Yeah, one of our biggest complaints is that we don't get to see the clock and we don't get to see the discrepancies that maybe production can pull. No chance of that here. Like they were side by side working and the clock was ticking, ticking. It just kept going. It was great. Yeah, that was a welcome change for sure. This reminded me of, was it Battle of the Seasons, the elimination style where they had to like choose an option for an elimination? They didn't spin a wheel. They got to choose, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like you you could the winners got to pick one of four eliminations so you could set up a team to fail the best or a team to win the best yeah. uh depending on their that your allies or enemies i love that i love that twist Me it was too. so crazy and it was cool too because it, it wouldn't reset until yeah, you've gone through all four it was just beautiful and yes i agree zoe this did remind me of that yeah. i just want to give a shout out to that season because that was that season was the introduction of both Not So Fast and and Hall Brawl, which, like, imagine one season, you have four eliminations, but two of them, you introduce, like, two of the top five eliminations ever. They were they were in their bag that season. I'm sorry, they were. And they introduced so many, like, staples of the show that season. Really top tier. Nani. Great season. Great season. Nani's rookie season. Iconic. A lot of people hated it. Ratings were terrible, but I loved it. I think it's a great season. Uh, but it had bad winners. That was the problem. Oh, yeah, I actually I hate bad winners. But like, that's one of the ultimate like I show people that season to be like, sometimes villains win in life. And you just got to learn that you you can blame Alton and Trishel for there being bad winners that season. One thousand percent. And back to this daily challenge we had. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the first one was uh, they show a target, which people think, oh, that's accuracy. Jordan steps up for his team as the solo person to do it. He's like, okay, if it's about accuracy. I got a good arm. I know how to shoot. I Like, put me in. 
Uh, Fessy steps up because he wants to peacock and go against Jordan 1v1, which, I don't know, it's perfect for both their egos, in my opinion. And what a mistake that was. I really was – I wasn't surprised because I think Fessy in his heart truly thinks he's better than Jordan at probably most things. In reality, he's not. He's just bigger and stronger than, than him, so he could beat him and stuff like that. Um, I don't know – well, actually, it didn't really matter. The real MVP of this challenge ended up being Devin. <laughs> yeah, so for this daily, they had to shoot a uh, ball, a tiny ball in a slingshot over to some targets, break some glasses. They had to break three targets each. Uh, it was very difficult because the ball was very small, meaning the margin for error was, like, very high. And just shooting a slingshot at that distance is incredibly difficult already. Uh, if they miss, they had to take a shot, which... Did, I don't know. Did they say what was in the shot? It just looked like something fermented and disgusting. They called it a smoothie. They called it a smoothie, and it looked disgusting. And it was much more than a shot. It was yeah. like a tumbler, like a like a rocks glass. Yeah, I, I feel mean calling it a shot now. You're right. It was it was a good <laughs> amount. It was like three. It was a few ounces. Uh, <laughs> everyone's laughing because they know Fessy is not a great eater. Mm-hmm. Um, and now if he misses, he had to. Go at it. For the first 27 minutes, only one target was hit. And so we just saw a lot of puking the first 27 to 30 minutes. I know. I don't want to talk about puking too much, but um, what's wrong with Bessie? Like, what was he doing? Because they were 100% right. He looked like he was going through an exorcism. He was definitely, like, putting on the theatrics. That was some of the weirdest shit I've ever seen. Well, and part of me was like, he's putting it in his mouth and then just spitting it out, which is kind of a smart tactic. Like, it was pissing whatever. me off. <laughs> but I'm like, then don't make this big scene about it. Just do your little trick and then spit it out. Part of it, too, is that, like, I think production gets on you a bit if you just go, like, if you just put it down and spit, like, casually. I think you kind of have to put on theatrics. So you're like, oh, he's puking. Oh, he's sick type stuff. Instead of, you know, skirting around the rules. I think that's part of it, which... Yeah, it looked gross. Uh, wasn't fun. Uh, I don't want to reenact it, but just like someone, <laughs> you, if you didn't weren't paying close enough attention, go back and rewatch it because it, no one pukes like that. And if they do, they are. It's like a two-year-old who has never experienced it before. It looked like he was like he, his body looked like a slingshot shooting the <laughs> <laughs> shooting the puke out of him, like <laughs> like a bobblehead just puke. It just didn't make sense. I can't with the puke conversation anymore. <laughs> All right. So as Zoe said, sorry, I can't do it. Uh, like Devin totally stepped in and was like, all right, Jordan, you need to listen to me. And I was shocked that Jordan's like, okay, I'll do it. Uh, but his advice worked great. And shortly Jordan got his last two targets, which gave them a sizable lead. Yeah. And Fessy was the only person to actually hit a target by himself without any help. Uh like, he was struggling, but nobody on his team really stepped up to truly guide him the way Devin did. And at a certain point, Jordan felt bad. And also, I think, you know, maybe some strategic element was like, hey, uh, Devin, help Fessy because this is just painful. And we've been here for so long. And everyone's just been watching us puke for an hour. Just, like, give him some help. I I think the way that the, that the challenge was structured, too, it could, they couldn't get into a rhythm. Cause they were taking a shot at a time and then dying for three minutes. So like they couldn't get a feel for it. Cause every time was like starting over again. 
I have to say, I didn't know who won this daily before watching it. I really didn't. I didn't know who was going to elimination. I would never help the other team. I'm no. sorry. I just like, I knew they had that huge lead, but it doesn't matter. I'd be like, I'm sorry, guys. We can't let our teams win any further. Like, he can figure it out. They could have been there for another hour and a half. Especially Fessy. I'm sorry. Like, he's the cockiest man on the entire planet. Let him suffer. <laughs> I do think the way Devin said it, though, where he was like, you know, it is a girls' elimination day and Tori is on the other side, which I think played a factor in why he helped as well. Uh, and I think it maybe did affect some of the results in these uh, dailies, which I don't know. I, I don't know yet. I hope that he can leverage it to get the girls to throw next week. I hope so, too. And also, just what a performance by him in that daily as well. Just, like, the way he's able to take control. He's just – he's improved so much as a player. Mm-hmm. The next daily was a puzzle. Mm-hmm. With uh, a little bit of running in it, uh, Anissa and Olivia represented their team, and Jordan and Nani represented. Oh, no, no, Devin and Nani represented their teams. Uh, I think everyone expected Devin and Nani to win because Devin is pretty good at puzzles. I didn't. I thought um, Anissa's just as good, if not better. I don't think Devin's all that good at puzzles. I think he's just better at puzzles and some other things compared to other guys. Yeah. Um, and but Anissa was the brains and Olivia was the muscle. <laughs> Olivia did a lot of work in that challenge. Oh, if not all. And I don't want to read that people are calling us haters here. Like it was on TV and the people in the confessional said it like Anissa was bossing Olivia around like it was insane. It got the job done, but it was it was a lot. I do think there's a strategic element to having one person try to figure it out. And I think Anissa just took that part of it as like, oh, I'm just going to tell you to move all these insanely heavy pieces of this puzzle. I mean, it worked. So I'm not going to. They did. They did. They got the job done. They did it. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. This was like the least interesting part of the day before me. Not that like it wasn't like it'd be nothing without a puzzle. But it was like, okay, it's straightforward. Anissa, Olivia, they got it done. Like, less than a minute later, Devin and Nani had it done. So, kudos to them. I don't think Devin and Nani looked that silly anyways. No, yeah, they, they, both teams did well. It looked like a hard puzzle, too. Yeah. And Nani played to her strength, which is that she's a good partner. So, she was like, I'm just going to let Devin be in charge, and I'll do what he tells me to do, and we're going to do fine. The puzzles this season have either been very easy or very hard with no in-between, I feel like. Mm-hmm. We then move on to a memory portion where uh, Horacio and Amber B compete together, and then Bananas and Tori compete together. Uh, They have to memorize symbols on a board, talk to each other, transfer over the symbols, copy it together. It's something we see a lot on the challenge. Uh, Horacio and Amber kill it together. They're just just moving and moving and moving. Amber was reminding everyone why she won Double Agents. Like, she looked so good. I had that exact same thought. Like, I guess just like casually watching whatever, I was like, oh, I hope Amber doesn't gas out. I'm like, who am I kidding? Amber does not gas out. Like, she, sure, if she like has to like hold a baton or hold grip strength or like use her core muscles, like she might eventually give out. She can run for days. That was the perfect challenge for her. And Horacio is a great teammate, also has crazy good endurance. I was like, damn, I want to see this as a pair. They would crush it. 
really strong together, really seamless communication. I don't even know if Tory Mans did poorly. They just didn't do as well as Horacio and Amber, who just crushed it. I remember correctly, but based on times, they did pretty solid. I also just want to say, like, the, what Horacio said about getting to work with Amber was the sweetest thing in the world. Like, he is just the most respectful man on the planet. Like, oh, I'm so lucky I get to work with a champ. And, like, I just thought it was so sweet. The girl does not get her flowers, and I used to know those people, so I'm a hypocrite. But, like, she won a rookie season, and she, like, it wasn't even, like, a fluke. Like, she just full-blown won it. So, like, I think she deserves her flowers. And they played two-door cinema club, which I, I loved. I love to hear them. Uh, did not expect to see that on the challenge in 2022. Uh, we then move on to the final portion, which was a bungee challenge. Uh, it's something we've seen in eliminations before, where Chauncey and Casey and Mariah and Jordan were tethered together to a pole and had to run towards a metal beam and the goal is for both players to be able to grab the middle beam as fast as possible. Um, once you do that, the challenge is complete for your team. This is an incredibly difficult challenge because there's an incredible amount of pressure. And after the first person goes, their weight is added onto that pressure. So it just multiplies it. And there have been a lot of weird strategies to win this challenge. Usually the most successful is the woman goes first. And then the man tries to sprint forward and try and get there just like through brute force and athleticism. And I want to point out that Jordan and Mariah had a 45-minute lead. I think it was 37 minutes, but yeah. I thought it was 45, so I guess you're probably right. I don't know. I'm a lot to half-watching, but, like, the time that is. Um, I That challenge has got to be one of the hardest ones, and I think it's, um, I, it's not the one I'd want to do. I think Casey and Chauncey deserve a lot of credit for their performance in that challenge because that's brutal. It was tough. It's a tough challenge. And this is one of the challenges where I think Jordan is not maybe built for because he is a bit slender. And he, like, quietly, this is one of those challenges where having two hands, like having 10 sets of fingers, is really good to be able to grip the ground and be able to pull yourself forward, being able to grab onto your partner's leg with another hand and just have that firm force. It helps a lot. Chauncey has a lot more weight on him than on himself than Jordan. So he's got a lot more weight to push forward. I think that's what came into play. And I do wonder a bit, was Jordan throwing this at some point because he wanted to save Tori? I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think there's a non-zero chance. I don't know. I yeah. hear I do too, but I don't think at this point he would throw for Tori. Even if like weird stuff's going on behind the scenes, I think he would rather protect Nani at this point uh, more so. Just because it feels like the whole house is, and I don't hate that. We've talked about how good Nani's social game is. But it, this is the one downside to their team and their dwindling numbers. Devin couldn't have done it. Not so sure how Harasu would have done. He's so like small in stature. Maybe he would have been the better option. I'm not sure. But we're beating around the bush, and or I am at least, that Casey and Chauncey dominated, and Jordan and Raya just could not get it done. We found something Jordan can't do. I mean, yeah. like, Jordan can do everything. And he is still, like, you think about his disability and people, like, a lot of people, if they didn't know him, didn't watch the show, would put an asterisk against a lot of things that he does. 
and just expects things to be harder for him. But he's still one of the best at almost everything competing with one hand. Like, it's super impressive. So we just found something Jordan can't do. And Casey, I think, proved that she is one of, if not the strongest women on this show. Like, she tossed Mariah like a rag doll in that uh, challenge earlier in the season. And Mariah's not a weak girl. Like, she's not small. Um, it was so, it was such a cool dynamic, too, just knowing that Casey and Chauncey also had this, like, thought in their head that they're trying to protect their partners, and their romantic partners, that is. So, like, I don't envy them being in that position. Yeah, when it came to, like, throwing the challenge, I literally was watching thinking, okay, Chauncey can't go in. Casey could probably beat most of those girls in most eliminations. Are they going to throw? Uh, I was glad that they didn't just because, like, that's kind of lame. Like, I get how it can strategically be done, but, yeah, that's a tough decision to make. I, I, like, I got to say, like, I'm just so used to Jordan, like Zoe said, like, finding a way to do everything. That's partially why I thought he threw it because, like, oh, I'm just so used to him killing it. And I got to say, like, I think he did – Jordan, in his confessional, kind of did throw Mariah under the bus uh saying like oh she can't hold the bar for long enough and i'm watching that elimination going and she was holding the bar forever yeah i think i think it's really hard for him to swallow a pill when he finds something he can't do because he believes in himself and that's what gets him to the levels of greatness he's gotten to yeah and to point out there were like three cutscenes where she was like i've gotta let go or she let go or she's like oh shoot but again, I don't think like that was all her fault. She did her part of the deal. But if you got somebody tugging on you for 40 minutes, it's like, what can you do? And even when like Chauncey was struggling, he was still a lot closer to Casey than Jordan ever was to Mariah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good so, for Chauncey too, because like it's been a bad season for him. He's had a lot of people say online like, oh, Chauncey is kept around because he can't do anything. Chauncey, he showed up big time in this performance finally. We'll talk about this at the end of the episode about next week's whatever, but it does not look like it's going to be a good season for Chanji. So I'm glad he had this moment. Mm-hmm. I think it showed why him and Amber would make a really good pair, though, because I think she balances him out in a lot of the things that he's not so great at. Right. The big team, the 500 pounders, they win the daily challenge. Uh, Slim Jims, they lose. <laughs> they have to send in a female into elimination. Uh, we get to the interrogation and Nani just owns it. Like if I go in, I go in, this is should happen. This should happen. I'm Nani. I'm cool. You all know me. You all love me. Thank you. I'm Nani. Yeah. She gets a couple of people to cry about how much they love her. Not even Casey, the other people there. <laughs> and then you have Amber go in and she's like, I love Nani so much. Please don't throw me in against Nani. I love Nani too. I'm crying about it, uh, but she's like, okay, but let's be serious. Let's throw in Mariah. She's a rookie. She hasn't gotten into elimination. Raise your hand if you had to go into elimination as a rookie to go to a final. And she's all like, she threw me in. Let's go for Mariah. Which I thought was a fantastic tactic. Uh, when she said, how many of you had to go in uh, several times your rookie season? They like all raised their hand, but Casey, which her rookie season was total madness. Had to get school. So like she just went in that one time, maybe twice. Can't remember. Too boring. But it was a great sales pitch. And honestly, like later on, well, I'll talk about that later. But like, I didn't think it was a bad idea for Amber to say, like, I don't want to go go in against Nani. 
because those people too have close relationships with Nani and they're thinking, ooh, that would be a tough pill to swallow to know that you have to go against each other. At least if you throw in Mariah, it's like it's either Amber versus Mariah or Nani versus Mariah, not the two against each other. I liked it. Me too. I love hearing people talk about how much they love Nani. But I also thought it was a great move. <laughs> Mariah goes into her <laughs> deliberation and her interrogation. And it was just awkward. She knew. I don't know how she couldn't know. I mean, I thought that she she was thinking, oh, I've definitely got Johnny and Fessy. But that's just two people. And we know as the audience that, like, Johnny's got Nani 100%. And why would Fessy save her? Like, I get what she did last week to protect her team. But now that the tables have turned, like, it kind of gave him the green card. Like, that's a tough decision. Nani's been my friend for years. Uh, I'm trying to rebuild with Amber. I don't know. Her her entire thing of like, you do what you think is best in your heart kind of didn't add up because she didn't save him last week, or at least try to tie it up to save him. Uh, she she knew it was happening. I think anyone that was forced to vote a different way knew where the numbers were going to fall. So they it didn't really matter in the scheme of things. After that, we get some emotional scenes uh, with Casey and Nani. Uh, we talk again about the passing of Nani's mom. Uh, it's her birthday on that day. Um, just some really intimate moments that are I don't know, beautiful to see. It's hard to talk about. I mean, I think it takes a lot to be that vulnerable on camera. You can obviously it's still very raw for her. Nani tugs on my heartstrings, guys. <laughs> Yeah, in that moment, I found myself thinking, ah, oh, this is why I'm okay with Casey being on this season. Like, she does have that source of stability. I mean, it doesn't need to happen again. Uh, but, yeah, it was a nice moment. And one thing no one can ever say about Nani is that she is not genuine. Uh, she's been genuine since her first season. We talked about it earlier in the podcast. She just is her, uh, and it was nice to see. I mean, that's why those of us who ride for Nani have continued to ride for Nani since we met her on her real world season. Like, we don't give a shit about her elimination record, wins, losses, whatever. Like, we fell in love with that person we met on real world Las Vegas. And so, like, a real Nani fan, you're not going to get them to sway. Like, it's just not going to happen. She's a great person. Um, My heart just hurt for her in that moment but I was also just really proud of her for her like resilience I love the way you put it too like a real Nani fan isn't gonna sway like oh yeah she did lose that elimination ah you're right I'm I'm out or like oh she didn't make that bad decision I'm out no we ride for that character and how relatable and how honest and how good she is uh love to see it love Nani um we then had some emotional scenes with Amber and Shanti throughout the episode Uh, man. So <laughs> I would, if we'd been given context, that would have been great because it just seemed like, Am- and let me preface this, listen to everything I'm about to say. It made it look like Amber was this big crybaby who was like, I want to be home. And, you know, I'm only here with Chauncey and this, that, the other, her grandmother had died while she was there. Like she tweeted about that a couple weeks ago. And perhaps like they were respecting her privacy, respecting her family by not showing that. Maybe she even said, I don't want this televised. But I wish we could have seen that in addition to the kind of emotional scenes, because 
that's a huge deal. That like puts somebody through the ringer. Add on to that, you're probably going into elimination, or you're very likely uh, you got a two out of three chance, and you know emotions get a little crazy. I'm all in on Amber, by the way. I do need to know if production was just being weird hiding that, or if she asked them to leave it off because. If they chose to leave that information out of the season, it's really shady towards Amber. Um, My guess would be that they did. I just really feel like Amber, sure, I totally see how she can be viewed as disingenuous. I do think it's just her trying to be positive about situations and, like, not carry grudges. But when they force these edits and stuff like this, it does make her seem like she's a crybaby, she's a brat, like – I, I could see production leaving it out to run a narrative of like, this is the trope we have put her in. We can't have villain tropes. Like, here's the trope we're going to give you. I definitely think they're trying to paint her a certain way. I do think she's just a tenderhearted, sweet person. I think that she is a little too sweet sometimes, like to her own detriment, not like a knock on her as a human, just it makes the game harder for her. Yeah. Um, but I thought her, I because that's how I perceive it I think of her as just like this person who's just like genuine and like kind-hearted when she says to Chauncey like when she's comforting him and he's crying like I just think that their love is so sweet you guys we, we've speculated on different things I think their relationship is beautiful I'm rooting for them as a couple and on this season boom <laughs> boom all right so the way they for, I mean, they forecasted this at the beginning of the episode. It's kind of crazy, like watching that daily back and thinking, like, wow, never at any moment was Olivia, Tori, Anissa, or Casey, maybe Casey a little bit, even thought of for an elimination. And it's a female elimination. It was always, it was always Amber, Nani, and Mariah. And mm. we get to the vote. It ends up four two to one. Mariah goes in. Fessy really gave a lot of people like the green light to do so. And I think that's what made it very easy. And I do like the dynamics of like when everyone gives their individual vote, because it kind of makes you realize how much has happened in the game where I completely forgot that Mariah voted in Amber. Like it was just a few weeks ago, but I forgot about it. And that makes Chauncey on her bad side. Now that's making other people like there are certain votes that have happened in nominations that I just completely forgot about. And now people are getting other people back. Yeah. And I feel like, Nani wasn't going in regardless, but even if Fessy hadn't given the green light, I don't think Amber would have been the option just because it seems like she's getting along a lot better this season with those vet girls than she did last season. I'm not saying they're best friends, but the rookie title does carry some negative weight at times and like show your stripes. Again, she made that great argument. I went in twice my rookie season. You guys probably went in more like they're in. It was a no brainer. It then comes down to the safe dagger. Uh, Amber is in front of those daggers for eight minutes, uh, <laughs> trying to decide, ooh, oh, I feel bad, Nani, I don't want you to go in. Oh, my God, is it this one? Is it that one? There's only two choices. You don't even know what they are. She pulls the safe dagger. Anise is a hater also. That is what I was going to say <laughs> earlier, but wanted to say to this moment. How dare she? <laughs> like, I know y'all call us haters every week. We Whatever. Call it what it is. But, like, I would never call someone's friendship if they assumed to be a friendship, like, weird. If Tori and Anise were down there, Tori would, and Anise would probably have similar reactions. Like, I'm conflicted. Like, if I do save myself, great, but that sends you in. 
and I know that the the swords were uncovered, the daggers were uncovered, but like there's still that like what if element to it. So I thought again, it just showed that Amber's genuine. Sure, like others, maybe even Michelle, like she thinks she has deeper friendships with these people, but that's just the power that Nani has of their social game. So I didn't hate it. I do bet. I bet they're really good friends. I think Amber also just understands that Nani's relationships with a lot of people are run really deep because she's known them for a really long time. I do think there's a lot of love there. Yeah. And of course, knowing Nani Gonzalez's luck as an individual competitor, she's the one who goes in uh, on a 50-50 split. Nani goes in. She's facing Mariah. The elimination is uh, they are bungeed. Uh, they have to move forward to lift up a board that has some words scrambled on it. They then unscramble the word uh, on a solving portion behind them. After they solve that, they try and solve another word. They get until once they get all six done, uh, they win the elimination. Very simple, straightforward, made sense. And not to mention, TJ flaunted this big surprise coming in and it was his wife, which I didn't mind. It was kind of cool to like get some of TJ's personal life. It is his ride or die. But just like the delivery, it was like so random. Like, hey, she's actually visiting me here and she wants to see one of these things. And in my head deep down, I was like, I bet she's a Nani stan and she wants to come cheer her on. Uh, But beautiful lady. And honestly, like she was pretty good in front of the cameras. I thought the same thing, too. I was like, oh, she's got a little bit more charisma than Tej. Mm I, yeah, when I saw it, I was like, this is really random. And then I was like, why don't we just have them host the show together from now on? Because I feel like she's bringing some, some fun energy. I liked it. I liked I liked it. It was, it was different. Uh, it was so random. It didn't, and I, I've always heard that she lives with him, like, there while they film. I, I, like, or at least for weeks at a time. Um, so the fact that it's, like, it's barely happened, it's, like, a little head-scratching, but I'm glad it did happen. Then she probably has the best life in the world. Uh how much do you think he makes per season? Just guess. Three hundred and seventy-five thousand. And he filmed twelve hundred seasons this past year. <laughs> so the man's rich. I think he definitely signed like a contract for like like a like a whole year contract for like maybe like one point two million a year. Even better, the man has money. So good for her. Well, and then when they're on location, they're paying for his living, like they're paying for his room and board, they're paying for his food, all that. TJ Lavin like has like a really big crew of people who work under him too that like he takes care of. Um, he's a really giving guy, and yeah, I MTV sent me his Cribs episode uh, when it happened, and they're like, "Is there anything you want?" I was like, "Can I interview TJ?" And then they didn't reply to me. Uh, <laughs> I was like, why'd you send me this episode of Cribs then? Uh, it was cool, though. He, he has a nice house. He drinks that liquid death drink a lot, or the water. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So TJ Lavin, Roxanne Lavin, they look stunning. Nani goes into this elimination. Looks stunning beforehand. They have the green light on her. She looks serious. Mm. Mariah looks good. Uh, they go at it, and we watch them unscramble some words. Nani takes a quick start, 2-0 lead. I thought it was going to be a blowout, just like last week's elimination. I yeah. like the strategy better. That was how I would have done it as I'm watching it, looking at the whole scrambled word, un- like unscramble it in your head, then just put it up there. I thought that was a better strategy. She got stumped on the word devotion for quite a long time. Yeah, I agree. And the, the one word that she didn't use that strategy for was companion, and she forgot some of the letters. So, like, 
she like that was the way to do it. I would have done it the exact same way. TJ even said to his wife, he's like, Mariah's doing it this way. Bad strategy. Yeah, I'm like for me, especially like I need that visual. I need that big visual just to like resort them uh, on the smaller scale. You just kind of get a little too in your head. Uh, it is interesting, though. Now you get to her third word, stumbles a bit on devotion, like you said. Uh, and then Mariah just she gets going. She solves three in a row, takes a lead. And Mariah was actually too struggling with the small words and then it was just killing the big words out of nowhere. I mean, it was neck and neck, okay? And we get down to the end. And let me tell you, my, with this weird twist of, like, people saying the game, people don't, I didn't know who was going home genuinely. When Nani said check, I was like, she's got it. Nani just won this thing. And then when TJ said he got to hit the button, my heart was like, oof. And we saw it. They saw it. Mariah hit the button first. And I was like, whoa. And I love this part about Mariah because we got to see her be scrappy for probably the first time. She was a little bit at the beginning of the episode with Festy. Like, that was kind of some fun banter. But she's like, check those tapes. Mm-hmm. And it just made it, like, I was like, okay, she's competitive. Like, she might not have all the social, but she's got that competitive drive. So, it was fun to see. And we got to say, like, knowing Nani's history on this show, her losing because she didn't press the button and, like, it comes down to a millisecond, would it's the most Nani thing to ever happen in Elimination. Like, it just, that's her the way her luck runs. Turns out, Mariah, I before you accept after C, she misspells devotion. Uh, and she's like, she looks at her board, she's like, ah, oh, goddammit. Like, she's like, I know how to spell it. I knew it immediately because she was going through them. Uh, she just misplaced her board. And Nani Gonzalez gets the win, her fifth career elimination win. We don't care about the losses here. The losses <laughs> won't sway us, but we care a lot about the wins. Uh, Mariah said, roll the tapes. And Nani got flashbacks to World of the Worlds when Turbo taped her up. I'm halfway curious. <laughs> I'm halfway curious if Mariah hadn't herself been like, Oh, I misspelled devotion. If it would have been caught, surely it would have been. But like we know, that production's not always that thorough. It I, it kind of took the weight off the whole situation though. That she was like, you know what, you did win, and I enjoyed it, and I was so happy for Nani. Like her face lit up. God, yeah. Yeah, I was so happy for my girl. Like Alan has said many times, eliminations are a source of serious bad luck for her, and. I was on the edge of my seat. I didn't know what, what the outcome was. And I was like, oh, finally something Nani's like good at. She's confident in. Like, this is going to go her way. And then you see her, like, stumble a little bit. Just a series of bad luck situations. So I just, I love, again, it shows that, like, genuine side of her. That she's just so, like, happy to compete and wants to prove herself. It's not about anything else. She just wants to prove why she's there. And Nani has gone into so many eliminations with seven girls left in the game since she returned. I think the only one she didn't was last season. Maybe not double agents, but I think she did. Like, that's, like, good luck. What's bad luck? Because she's lost a lot of, like, that's a crazy stat that's just doesn't hold any weight, I guess. But, like, it was really good. And TJ saying, like, that's the old Nani. You could see her face just, like, totally transformed. She only faces good players. She only faces good players because she she stays until the end of the game. She's never facing you know, anyone that's bad. And I did for a moment think that Mariah was going to lose the elimination 
because for a long time she couldn't find the C for companion. And it's because she had a U turned upside down. I thought they were going to say, Mariah, that's not a C, that's a U. And I thought that was going to be the reason she lost for a second because they were going to check it. I'm so glad it wasn't because that was that was such a funny moment because that was like that's the all time SpongeBob. Oh, no, it's W for Wumbo type moment where it's just like, I don't know what would have happened into that. Like that's Laurel sticking the pole in the wrong place. I was getting flashbacks of that, too. And and <laughs> Nani's like, I, I, I said check first reminded me of Laurel a lot. And I just love seeing the fire in that elimination. This was such this, was, this should have been such a boring elimination, but it was so exciting. It really was. Thousand percent. Nani gets the win. We're all happy. Great times. Partying. Uh, Mariah loses. But as we know the twist, Fessy's still in the game. So she's still alive in the game in some way that we'll find out probably next week. And it's just so funny that, like, of all the people to, like, lose and then have to rely on the ride or die, it's Mariah. When, I mean, obviously they have the best friendship in the world. I can, I really hope this comes back to bite Fessy in the ass. Like, that he didn't try to save her more and that he stumbles right before the final like i just really hope that this is his downfall in a way yeah it would be funny if there was like a twist where your rider dies could like maybe positively affect your game in a final like they don't come back but they positively affect it and she would just be like all right bananas here you go here's your help oh later fessy see you at home follow me on insta he just switched gyms and never see her again. Uh, yeah. Can we talk about the scenes for next week? Because I have some predictions. Go yes. for it, Luke. So the scenes for next week, the only thing that really stood out to me is Chauncey saying he can't jump off a building. Jarrell's done it many times. Katie Doyle's done it many times. And then we get this like weird scene at elimination, or TJ comes to the house early, and then they go to elimination, and he says, I don't like quitters, something. And Tori says, are they both leaving? If they, if Chauncey quits the daily next week and they send him and Amber home, I'm going to be pissed. I know they've got to have a partner for the final. So like if they sent Chauncey home, they'd have to send Amber home. But like, if that is, I'm just speculating, but if that is what happens and they don't just send Chauncey into elimination rather than just like kicking him off, I'm going to be pissed, which just further paints this notion that like Amber's this weird underdog who cries, complains a lot, never gets her way. I'm going to be so upset. Oh, I would riot in the streets if that was the case. That's that would be crazy. I'd be rioting in the street by myself because whatever. But like, <laughs> that's, that would be completely unacceptable. I don't think that I don't think they would go that far. Okay. Well, I mean, okay, I can imagine it if like if it was a purge challenge and like they purged out Chauncey for not competing, and then Amber maybe quits because of her family stuff because she did tweet like I've only been staying in the game because Chauncey's still there and I wanted to help him. Maybe that could play a factor in it. I don't know. I, I do think, Luke, there is some there is some meat to what you're saying. Not to mention, it's not been announced. We've talked about this on this podcast. They were preparing to film an all-winners, like a global tournament type thing after they wanted new winners. If Amber makes it to the end and wins, that doesn't broaden their casting pool. I don't know. I'm speculating at this point. It might be next week, and it's just like Chauncey goes into elimination. But I have a bad feeling about it. Mainly because we're on episode 13 and there's still 14, 13, 12 people in the game with several people in a hotel waiting. I don't know. Oh, my God. Kenny's still there. Kenny is still there. <laughs> where's, where's our Kenny Redemption House content? 
I'm telling you, they were they were planning on having a Redemption House content for like the socials, and then Kenny was the first eliminated, and they're like, this is not worth it. They said, hey, can you film this video? And he was like, hey, challenge fan, Derek, put the phone down, Kenny. <laughs> Just put the phone down. Oof. Seems like a they, great guy though. They gave him the the Microsoft Word, the Creed thoughts. Where he's, he's writing his blog and it's just it's just a Microsoft Word document. Yeah. They gave him a, a camera like it's not gonna turn on, but just it records you and it, they had no film in it. There's whatever. <laughs> what a way to end the podcast. The Kenny Clark talk that people have been wanting. Uh, make sure to you know like this YouTube channel, subscribe on Twitter, Luke at Final Reckoning. Zoe at Zoe Trimbo, me at the Alan Aguirre. I'm going to retweet Luke's uh, Access 3 Fantasy cast again this week. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the best tweet. It's the best tweet of 2022. Let's try and keep it strong in 2023. Let's try and keep that narrative going. Yep. Final thoughts? None for me. Team Nani strikes again. Let's get it. Have a great Free day, Ashley. everyone. Have a good new year. Be blessed. Subscribe. Bye now. <laughs>